This episode of the Rural Woman Podcast is brought to you by Cuddle Cow Company. Cuddle Cow Company has a selection of blankets, canvases, and bath mats, all with images capturing life on the farm. Owners Karen and Nick Fitch started Cuddle Cow Company as a way to share their love of their farm and cattle while raising funds for a cause close to their hearts. In 2019, Karen woke up paralyzed from the neck down, and it has since changed their family's lives forever. Part of the proceeds from sales from Cuddle Cow Company will go towards spinal cord research as a way to raise money and awareness for the spinal cord injury community. You can save $5 off your purchase by heading to the link in today's show notes or by going to cuddlecowcompany.com and use discount code COW. That's C-O-W at checkout. Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's special episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. The reason it is so special is because our friend Annabelle Morgan, who you heard from last week on the podcast, has taken over the Rural Woman podcast and is now sitting in the host chair, and I graciously in the guest seat. Annabelle asked the internet what you wanted her to ask me. So we had a whole list of questions that came in And we got to the most important, the top questions that were asked, as well as a question that was submitted by, I like to think of them as an anonymous fan, and a question that I'm happy to answer. Before we get to today's episode, let's go over this week's listener review. This week's review comes from Steph Bunker via Apple Podcast. This five-star rating and review says, I love this podcast. I don't have a farm, but I come from an extended farm family. So this podcast is amazing to pull all the little nuggets of wisdom that I need for my someday farm. I love these women's voices and their strength and ingenuity. I think the impact that women have on the farming industry is amazing. With our recent move from Ontario to Alberta, it has encouraged me further to head to the farm instead of the stores and show my support and love for all things egg. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, and welcome to Alberta. If you, my friend, have not left a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, I encourage you to do so. This helps others find the Rural Women Podcast and gets these messages of amazing women in agriculture out into the world. I also wanted to say a big hello and welcome to Elise F. She is our newest member over in the Patreon community. Elise has joined us at Tier 10, which she now has access to ad-free listening, as well as extended episodes and bonus content released to the patrons of the podcast. Elise had sent a message saying that she specifically joined Patreon so she could listen to my Patreon-exclusive podcast. Maybe you can relate. So Elise, buckle up. The question that I received from my anonymous fan has sparked an idea for another great episode of Maybe You Can Relate, which you will hear in your earbuds very shortly. 
Without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's episode with your host, Annabelle Morgan. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, are you going to do an intro? Heck yeah, I'm a pro. (laughs) All right, get get to getting. Okay. Hello and welcome. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. All right. Welcome to the Wild Rose. Nope, it's not Wild Rose, is it? It's the Rural Woman (laughs) Podcast. Yep. (laughs) You still have that editor, right? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast. It's Freaky Friday and we have switched bodies. (laughs) And I am the interviewer, Annabelle. And Caitlin has come on to my podcast for the day, even though I don't actually have a podcast. I'm just pretending to be Caitlin. And we're going to ask you all the questions your listeners are have burning questions for you this time. That intro was solid gold. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm in the hot seat. I'm in the guest seat. And I am... I'm not sure if I'm ready, but we're going to do it anyways. (laughs) Well, I'm sort of disappointed because I had my own set of questions, but you probably won't allow them. So I'll do your listener questions. Well, no, you can definitely put your list of questions in there if they are appropriate. The ones that you sent me through my question box were not appropriate (laughs) for (laughs) the general audience. Those would be, uh, I think they call it an OnlyFans question. So... (laughs) We will not be answering those. <laughs> oh, I, fine. I didn't know this was a family-friendly show. Okay. <laughs> For the most part, right. I think, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, how are things in Canada today? Today, currently, the forecast is 8 degrees Celsius and cloudy here on the farm. We are supposed to be getting snow tomorrow. It's the end of October now, so it's okay to get snow. I think usually we get snow for Halloween. So everyone get your snow suits underneath your Halloween costumes and you'll be good to go. But other than that, things are good. Got things ready for the goats for the winter and, you know, we're ready. So what do you guys do in the fall to prepare the farm? Well, for me, it was mostly getting prepared to keep livestock over the winter, which I have never done before. This will be my first year having livestock through the winter because as I am famously quoted for saying, I am a fair weathered farmer. And when it's cold and snowy outside, I like to be inside, but I'm well prepared now. They have the nicest insulated heated goat shack of any two goats ever. So just getting that ready, getting the yard cleaned up, that kind of boring mundane things. As for the farm side, busy cleaning grain to sell, which is always a big task and super grateful for our team for helping that out. Because if I'm being really honest, watching the grain cleaner is not my favorite job here on the farm. Other than that, just kind of getting things cleaned up around the farm, getting equipment cleaned, and making plans for the next growing season. Good. So busy, as usual. So, well, you know what? That leads to one of the most asked questions. We'll start easy. Okay. People want to know why goats. And I want to know, too. Why goats and not cows? Come on. Well... (laughs) 
it all started as a dream <laughs> for having livestock of my own here on the farm. And for me, knowing that this would be kind of a side project and not something that would be a big money maker here for the farm, I wanted something that I could reasonably manage on my own. So I figured a smaller sized animal would be kind of a better idea. And I started doing my research and goat meat in Southern Alberta is quite popular. And there are a few bigger operations that do it, but not a lot. And I just thought like, why not try it? So gosh, I think it was 2018 is the first year I got into goats. And I have only ever bought in the spring and sold in the fall. And if anybody knows about buying anything in the spring, it costs a lot of money. So you basically lose out every fall. But it was more or less for a project to keep me busy and learn something new and have my hands in agriculture. And honestly, goats are amazing. But I did, as most people know, have my experience with bottle calves a couple years ago now. And I loved it. And uh, it's interesting because my husband, Justin, aka Mr. Wildrose Farmer, was chatting with my dad the other night when he was out here helping me with the fence. And we've had to build more permanent infrastructure for Kitty and Babs, my two boar goats, to stay over the winter. So it's more of a permanent fence. And my husband asked, he was like, do you think that she could get a couple calves in here? And I was like, does this mean that you're buying me a cow for Christmas? Like I was freaking out. But to be to be announced, he uh, <laughs> didn't look like he was going to uh, to follow through on that. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I don't know what the import laws are, but I'm coming up with my bums in the back of my car. So deal. I'll take them. them off in your yard. Yeah. <laughs> and some people might not know, but you guys have a feedlot that you own, but people lease out. And so you look at cows every day. So it kind of counts. I do. Yeah. I feel like I live in the best of both worlds. I get to look at cows and every day when I drive past them, I say, hello, cows, and talk to them. Uh, but I don't actually have to do anything with them. So when they're being naughty or if they're sick or when they go for their no good, very bad day. Like, I don't have to be a part of that. So it is kind of the best of both worlds. Plus, we get to use all of their wonderful manure on our field. So it kind of works out. That's amazing. So, and then now a lot of people want to know, since you have two female goats, otherwise known as does, right? Is that what you call a goat, female? I think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. When do you get baby goats? So the plan is for Kitty and Babs to go on a sleepover sometime in January. I am friends with another local breeder and they have offered the services required to make baby goats. And I will be bringing Kitty and Babs over there to drop them off to have some sleepover fun time. And then they'll come back. So their gestation period is about five months. 
So if they go in January, five months-ish is about May. So hopefully in May and, you know, knock on wood that we don't have any May snowstorms and the weather will be lovely and we'll have hopefully some baby goats. Very exciting. Yes. If I'm being honest, I am kind of nervous and slightly terrified to do this whole process. Like I said, I've had goats before for a few years now, but I've never had them past November 1st. So having them through the winter is kind of a new thing for me, as well as, you know, going through the breeding process and the birthing process is slightly terrifying. So if there's any listeners out there that have suggestions for me, I am all ears for it. Okay, well, I'm not concerned. They live in Buckingham Palace, which we'll have to think of a name that correlates with goat, but they're fine. You'll be fine. And they're (laughs) actually meant to live outside. Caitlin, did you know that? You don't have to have them... (laughs) They're just so special, though. You're perfectly capable. I think they'll do great. (laughs) But I understand. Thank you for your vote of confidence. (laughs) I'm very confident that you'll do just fine. So kind of tying into your farm, in the past we've talked about like your husband kind of had this pipe dream of going organic. He did it. It's been successful. One of the questions is that I'm kind of adding to what are your future plans for the farm? I'm wondering what you guys since you've sort of like succeeded and it's going well, do you have anything else that you want to change? You talk about your husband kind of always wanting to do things differently and think of new things. And I think you're kind of the same way. Or are you guys content with what's happening? I think for now, we are content in the sense that things are going well. I think there's always the wants that we both want from the farm. One of the biggest things is involving rotational grazing on our fields, but knowing the infrastructure and the people resources that we need for that is something that isn't doable right now, but it's always a thought in the future. That would probably be something that comes to mind immediately for me, especially because there's livestock involved and I I feel like I was formerly alive on a funny farm somewhere or a petting zoo. (laughs) So I think that and then just continually building soil health. And I have to admit, I am not super well versed in the realm of soil health and what exactly it takes. I'm able to pick up on a few things here and there. But that is something that, you know, we constantly strive for here is continuing to build good soil health and having healthy practices to, you know, keep this land as healthy as possible in order to continue to raise certified organic grain. And I said raise grain like it was livestock, but no, grow (laughs) grain in a certified organic way. Okay. I think that's exciting, though. Uh, Hopefully. No matter what. Yeah. Like, I think we have so many big ideas, and I know we're not alone in this, of so many things that we want to happen. And sometimes it's easy to lose focus on what's already going well. And, you know, you see everyone else doing everything else that you wish you could do, but focusing on what's going well, what you're doing well, and how you slowly can expand on that versus jumping into brand new projects and not having all of your ducks in a row to do that. 
and then it not working out. So learning to take it one step at a time is something that uh, I personally need to work on. (laughs) Yeah, I think people don't understand when they're not actively doing it, which is understandable, but how expensive changes and how even just the smallest changes can be, you know, take years and years to happen on a farm. So it's not quite like, oh yeah, we're going to start doing this tomorrow. It just doesn't really work that way. No. And you know, the big changes financially cost a lot, but the time commitment for any of these big changes, it can change your entire lifestyle. Like for us, we are a young couple who don't have kids and formally didn't have any livestock. And before 2020, we're able to kind of pick up and go anywhere during the winter. We still had stuff to do here, but we could kind of take that time away. And that would be the time just for the two of us, which we don't get for eight months out of the year. But, you know, now in the world that we live in, having Kitty and Babs, but I'm lucky to have a great goat sitter in my dad who has offered to stay here and stay with the goats as long as possible if we do get the opportunity to get away during the winter. So it's kind of, you know, thinking about the time commitment that any of these changes make, how much is that actually worth to you? Because we talk about finances, but let's talk about time too. And that time for me is worth more than any money. Right. Shop Wild Rose Farmer is an online store specializing in apparel and accessories for the fine farming, ranching, and homesteading community that we are blessed to all be a part of. The shop includes quality graphic t-shirts that I promise are going to be your next favorite shirt. Plus, we can't forget the tank tops to even out those farmer's tans that you're going to get from your new favorite tea. Plus, hats, crewnecks, mugs, and more that you are just going to love. Your purchase from Shop Wild Rose Farmer directly supports the Rural Woman podcast. Head on over to wildrosefarmer.com slash shop to check out the new latest and greatest designs. Well, so we're changing gears now. It was sort of a dramatic month for you with your podcast specifically because you discovered Everybody that listens kind of knows the story probably from your social media, but somebody stole knowingly your podcast name. And though their platform was a little bit different, it was pretty detrimental to a business that you put in a lot of, we're talking about time, time, finances, emotions into. So there was a question about, do you feel differently about what you do after your name was stolen and whatever is the conclusion to what happened with that. Like, and I don't know, but like if if you've ever been burglarized in your home or your car, you get this sort of weird feeling. And I didn't know, do you have that with, with your podcast? Right. Yeah. Um, That's a good question. I think I feel differently in a couple different senses and I think it's evolved over time. Definitely felt, you know, for lack of a better word, violated when this all started and when it all happened. It was kind of a gross misuse of power on this person's part. They knew who I was. They knew my name. They knew my brand. 
and decided to use it for their own. I will say the podcast name has been changed. Um, I think there's still a few lingering things on the World Wide Web about it, but more or less there has been commitment for change and I have seen some of that change happen. One way that I do feel differently and something that I'm kind of committed to now improving in my own podcast and in how I do business further is really reflect on and really associate the people that I'm talking to and the people who, you know, I interact with online and share their stories is viewing them as entrepreneurs because through an interaction with the host of the other podcast, it was said that they believed that it was okay to take my name because we were talking to different audiences. They were talking to rural entrepreneurs and I was talking to farmer women. And when I read that, I was rather confused because to me, the women that I'm talking to and the families that they are a part of and the people that feed this wonderful world are all business people and are entrepreneurs themselves. I I took a moment to actually look up what the definition of entrepreneur was. And the definition is a farmer. It's a business who runs with great risk. And I think to myself, what greater risk than having a business that has so many factors that are out of your control. We don't control the markets. We don't control, you know, what consumers buy. We don't control the weather. So in a long sense, I guess, like there's a few things that have changed. You know, it was a really crappy time for me and it was really shocking and disheartening of everything that happened. But I honestly, I look at it now as what a great testament to the community that has been built around the Rural Woman podcast and the amount of stories and the people who spoke up about how this podcast has made them feel like they're a part of something more in this rural community, in this agriculture community. Because I, like I've always said, we've, we don't always do everything the same. Some of us are organic, some of us conventional, grass-fed, grain-finished, any of those things, like there's so many differing factors. But the thing that brings us all together is the fact that we are rural women and that bonds us together. Yeah. And I just, you know, a testament to your followers and people who listen to your podcast. I was very impressed with the response. And, you know, on the internet, it's easy to sort of be mean because you're on a screen. And I felt like people were firm, but extremely polite I mean, in the masses, you had a great support behind you. And that was pretty cool to see, you know, you've built a, you've built a pretty nice community. I think so. I think you're all pretty great. So. (laughs) And mine is that one ranch wife from Montana. She's a little (laughs) edgy, but we'll talk about her later. (laughs) My next question is people want to know what podcast you listen to. Oh boy. Well, I have a few diehard podcasts that I listen to. And I might be biased because the handful of them are part 
of a little thing called Positively Farming Media, which is uh, an egg media platform that uh, my good friend Bev Ross and I started earlier this year. So the podcast that are part of our mastermind. Those ones are always on the top of my list, just to name a couple off the top of my head. Just Grow Something by Karen Veldez. I hope I didn't say her last name wrong, (laughs) but it's a great gardening podcast. And that is something that I got more into this year is expanding my gardening. So learning more about that, growing food on a small scale. I love my friend Bev and her two podcasts, Drink and Farm and the Joy Farmer podcast. Ah, who else? Terry. She hosts a podcast. It's called Empaths in Egg. It's a really interesting view on uh, a different world of agriculture and a different way of viewing it. What else? Uh, Black in the Garden with Cola B. Talkin. She was on the podcast before and her podcast is super fun. What else? Kind of Hippie, Kind of Hood with Siri Larice, also another good one. So yeah, lots of good farm-related podcasts. Other than that, if I'm being honest, I listen to like a lot of like business-type podcasts and, you know, entrepreneurial stuff that I kind of geek out over. Well, I'm not going on a road trip with you because that sounds a way to... I like murder mysteries <laughs> and I don't want to listen to business podcast, Caitlin, that's not going to work. I don't know, Matt. It just, (sighs) I like my brain when it is active and it is learning. I feel like if I was listening to a murder podcast, it might be active and learning in all of the wrong ways. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) So we have two more questions. So one is, as we wrap up the podcast conversation, is there anything you would do differently now that you know what you know? Oh, probably <laughs> a few things. But I think, you know, looking back and doing things differently now is probably more important than, you know, wiping out, you know, past mistakes or mishaps or anything that has happened for me. Because I think, you know, those are learning experiences. And instead of kind of beating yourself up over them, you take what you know now and you do better. You know, there are amazing stories that I have shared from women who haven't previously been given voices on platforms like this. And it's it's sad to know that, but I have built relationships and connections with these people that I really cherish and will keep in my heart forever. And by sharing stories of women's voices who haven't been heard before really just gives me the motivation to want to keep going and reaching out and building connections with people who don't have the platforms like this and who, you know, likely won't have platforms like this. So building those connections and relationships and giving voices is something that, you know, I've always strived for, but I'm doing it hopefully in better ways now than I had done previously. So that kind of ends with a tougher question. And it's interesting because I looked back to see who asked this and it appears they blocked me. So I think that perhaps (laughs) this question was asked in a trolling manner, 
which upsets me because I think it's a fair and good question. And you should ask these questions with pride to people. If you really, really care about the answer, I hope this person cares about the answer rather than just trying to make a point. And because I know you personally, I know it's, you know, it's okay to ask you these things and that you are doing your part like you said you would and you told your listeners you would. Anyway, I just find that interesting that they have appeared to block me because, you know, anyway, I hope they're listening. And next time, just ask, man, we're all here to tell the truth. But the question was, after posting the black square, what changes have you made in your life off? And then it cut off. So I was assuming they meant off of social media. I'm not 100% sure what they meant. But anyway, that's the question. (laughs) I love a good backstory of them blocking you after asking that question. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, we didn't visit about that before the interview. So this is all live news, folks. That is great. No, it's good. And honestly, you know, for the people that don't know, one thing that has really come about over the last, gosh, almost two years now, is my stance on you know, how activism has changed and whether that's, you know, agriculture or race or whatever it is. And, you know, I preface all of this as a extremely privileged white woman. I personally didn't post just a blank black square. And I actually went back and looked just to be sure. But what I had done during that time, instead of, you know, putting out the blanket statement that I was going to support and amplify BIPOC farmers, that I actually went and did research and looked up different podcasts and different resources and things for people to go to. And, you know, I can't claim that I did anything perfectly, and I still don't. But what I can tell you now is what I'm doing on and off of the screen is I am building relationships with the people I I said I would. And it's not for clout, and it's not for, you know, anything else besides getting to know people and their hearts and the good things that they're doing in the world and in agriculture. So I'm continuing to build on relationships that I have with people, with humans, and I'm continuing to learn. And one thing that I think is really important and something that has been, you know, said in many contexts around many different things, but when you know better, you do better. So living and breathing as a human in 2021, we're faced with so many different conversations and interactions and whether that's in person or online and really starting to question your own personal bias towards whatever it is. We all have opinions. We all have different beliefs and different faith. But to me, it's really important to continue to question myself and how I interact with people and how it might be different and kind of put myself in other people's shoes as much as possible. And I think that's the best way that I know how to learn and continue to do things differently. Um, So I hope the person who asked that question takes the time to listen to this podcast. And I hope that they continue 
to do what I'm assuming they promise to do as well and learn from their mistakes. And we can hopefully make a little dent and a little change in the world that we live in. Yeah. And and I'm sort of wondering too, since you never even posted a black square, where that's coming from. That's an interesting, how that played out there, but you know, and I think, I think you do a great job and I applaud you and you're very vocal, which is amazing. And you and I have different methods in life, which you and I have like as friends have, you know, I don't even know how to explain it, but just, you can see the differences and you've inspired me a lot to be more vocal. I have a tendency, my family always says I should be a diplomat because I have a tendency to just try to make everybody happy. And I have a hard time calling people out, especially people that I don't know. I'm very good at calling people out that I do know and that are close to me, but like, at least in social media. Anyway, I find the way that you handle things to be great. And I'm proud to be a friend. Thank you. And I appreciate that. I want to just leave like one last note too. And it's interesting to me because anytime that I feel like people are approached with the question of, well, what are you doing? And, you know, an armor of defense kind of goes up and we think like, oh, well, we need to give them a list or we don't owe you an explanation or any of these things. But I feel like if you have publicly made a commitment before to say that you're going to do something for me, I think following through on that commitment, not only like it's it's not for public clout or anything, but it's just to me, if you say you're going to do something, you should do it. Or if you aren't doing what you said you were going to do, then, you know, I, I don't think anybody you don't owe me an apology. You take that time and that opportunity to really reflect back and kind of just get back on track. Like, that's the thing. Like, nobody's expected to do anything perfectly. Hell, I'm not perfect at all. I just think that, like I've said a bazillion times, if you said you're going to do something, follow through on it and do it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, other people might not care about these issues anymore because, you know, it might not be in the news, but we have to think about it. There's people in our industry who live with this every single day. And just knowing that, I know I can do better. Yep. And it's really easy to just focus on Canada or the United States, but we forget how big the world is and how many people in agriculture are, you know, faced with all sorts of different things that come up. and. I don't think this question was sort of combative and I just don't think it has to be that way all the time. And I find that the internet just sort of condenses it into this combative. I'm going to like make this point and then block you. It seems funny, but Hey, (laughs) it takes all of us to make the world go round. What do we know? Right. What do we know? Takes all kinds of kinds. Yeah. Well, you've done a great job switching roles with me. Again, I've determined that podcasting isn't for me. It is too complex. (laughs) Thanks for letting me be the host. 
so. Anytime. I think we better leave this job to you. I think you do it the best. You know what? I think you did a bang up job again. I, you know, we did this through the help and encouragement of the listeners of this podcast who wanted to hear from your great hosting skills once again. So, you know, obviously you did a good job last time because we came back. But can you believe it's been two years since we did that podcast together? No. And there's been like a pandemic and I mean, the world's falling apart. It's crazy in the time. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't think I'll be the next Diane Sawyer, but thanks for having me. (laughs) Hey, anytime. You're always welcome back. (laughs) Next time I'm asking my own questions. The real, like, (laughs) only fans questions. The real saucy ones. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. A special thanks to our Patreon executive producer, Sarah Reedner of Happiness by the Acre, and to my editor, Max Hofer. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can connect with me on social media using the handle at wildrosefarmer on all platforms. If you love the show, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts, plus share it with a friend. We'll see you next time. Caitlin Dubin, the host of the Rural Woman podcast, and Bev Ross, host of the Joy Farmer podcast, have teamed up to create Positively Farming Media. Positively Farming Media is a podcast hub that connects and cultivates growth-oriented farm and food storytellers. We host a mastermind mentoring group that fosters connection and collaboration between podcasters so you no longer have to produce your show within a silo. Each month in our member-only online community, new learning modules are released that are designed to increase your show's quality, listenership, and advertising opportunities. When you join today, you'll have access to the current month's modules and our previously released modules so you can start growing your show right away. Learn more and start building connections to fellow podcasters in the food and agriculture space at PositivelyFarmingMedia.com.